Welcome back to the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to this week's episode. We are so glad that you are listening to us and giving us a listen. We appreciate it so much. My name is John and I am your host for this show. Uh, we are all about Clemson sports. We're really all about Clemson athletics and Clemson University where we are all sports all passion all of the time but during Clemson basketball season we focus in on Clemson we are huge uh, Clemson basketball fans especially the men's team so we will be focusing in on Clemson's basketball uh, for the next couple months Uh, but today we are going to go through our recap of our last two games one of which against South Carolina the other against TCU Um, if you could do us a favor follow us over on Twitter we would love for you to join in on the conversation over there Uh, join in give us a review if you don't mind Uh, give us a five-star rating write a written review about us that would be a super big help but the main thing is just join us over on twitter our handle is at the tiger wire Uh, we'd love for you to join the conversation talk to us about your thoughts on the show your thoughts on clemson so far and let's just stay up to date uh, get connected in the tiger wire community so uh, today is going to be a great day we're going to walk through those two games uh, and just talk about our key thoughts and some of our takeaways so far for clemson at this point in the season and so clemson uh last week we played south carolina Carolina, our big rivals, they were back in Little John. And let me tell you, it was great to be back in Little John. I haven't been able to be there since our first couple games in November. I had to skip the couple around Thanksgiving just because, you know, Thanksgiving gets crazy. But uh, it was so good to be back in Little John. And let me tell you, it was exciting from the get-go. I mean, that place was packed. Uh, we were there for the game. We got there about an hour early. We like to get there early just to see a little bit of the shoot around, get a feel of the vibe, get kind of see the crowd grow. I personally, I don't, I might be weird, but I like to see how the crowd uh, grows progressively, slowly grows with attendance, 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 and then everybody gets there about two minutes before, and then even more come right after the game start. I, I really like that, but gosh, against South Carolina, it was packed. I mean, it was slammed full. We went to the game uh, with a couple friends of mine, uh, Luke John and Alex. It was at Alex's first game at Little John, so it was cool to be able to see and be there with him, but appreciate him going with us. Uh, it was a great time, though. The big thing that surprised us, the big thing that really surprised me was truly how packed it was. I know Clemson has a great fan base. I mean, the f- best fan base in all of college sports, uh, but Gosh, it was slammed. And what's crazy is uh, a buddy of mine that we went to the game with was walking in the foyer about a minute into the game, and apparently one of the students had propped open one of the side doors, and so students were just piling in. I mean, piling in. When the game started five minutes into the game, you couldn't see an empty purple chair. Uh, Those couple gray chairs in the rich area. But uh, in the regular seats, you couldn't find an empty row. But then what's crazy is there were students lined up around the concourse in the little level between the upper and lower bowl. There were students lined up where you couldn't walk through it. I mean, it was this game was packed. It was the environment that Clemson is known to have. It was crazy. And that environment led to the game. We'll get into more about how the environment changed it. But uh, the first half against South Carolina, I'm not going to lie, it was rough, right? It was a rough game. If you watched it, uh, we had six turnovers to South Carolina's three. We shot the ball terribly. Uh, honestly, in the last seven minutes and 40 seconds of the first half, we we didn't make a basket. Didn't shoot. We didn't make one point in the last almost eight minutes of the first half. But what's crazy is even with all that, we were down by seven. 
that's it's crazy how we're there. This isn't the first time; it won't be the last. We did it again tonight against TCU, but Clemson has been down a couple times where we've had poor offensive performance, and our offensive shooting or our offensive poise has been able to help us not be too far out of the game, and it's allowed some wins to come from it. But the first half was rough. Second half, though, was electric. Let me tell you, that might be one of my favorite halves of being able to be a part of a game all time. It was so fun. Carolina continued to thrive earlier on, uh, took an 11-point lead uh, with about 15 minutes remaining. But then Joe Girard came in, hit a big shot. Josh Beadle, who was our spark plug, came in, helped get the Tigers back. Uh, and overall, it got back to a two-point game with a – a little bit more than 10 minutes left. And from then on, it was neck and neck, back and forth. I mean, one would throw a punch, one would throw a punch. It was a tight, tight game. Um, honestly, there were some ugly calls by the ref. It felt like a little bit more towards Clemson, but they honestly they had some ugly calls against South Carolina too. But So the refs, uh, not their greatest performance. They're not trying to. They're trying to be perfect. No one's perfect always, but they were far from it. But uh, anyway, there was it was a, a tight game. Uh, we would go on. Uh, Chase Hunter kind of came alive in the past last couple minutes, but uh, we'd end up winning the game 72-67. to 67. It was a great win against rivals and another quad one win. So after the South Carolina game, not only was Clemson 8-0 on the season, but we're also 3-0 in the quad one. Quad wins are stupid. <laughs> I think the whole quad system is uh, not the greatest system, probably the worst ranking system involved in any sport whatsoever, uh, but it – it, for what it's worth, we're three and zero after the Carolina game, and that helps us huge. That's huge for uh, getting into the tournament in March. So, uh, but honestly, the biggest takeaway from that South Carolina game was how little John was rocking. The energy was alive. Even the players and Coach Brownell talked about in their post conference about how much the environment and the crowd got into it. Brad was telling us that uh, during halftime, he looked at the team and he was like, "Look, this crowd is here. They're trying to cheer for you. We've got to go out there and help them. We've got to go out there and make sure we give them something to cheer for." So let's get in there let's get him alive so it that was that was really cool to hear pj they asked pj about it and pj was like look clemson's the best place to play in all of basketball best acc school for sure uh and it was cool because he started walking through the environments and he talked about cameron and how historical that is and how big the ding dome is and all that kind of stuff but there's something about little john there's something about that environment that it is amazing but overall south carolina game was a great game uh it was fun to be at really really fun to be at but it was great to see it our players played well Rough for, per first half, but then the second half came around and played the Clemson basketball that we know. So, great game. Won it 8-0. Then, we're on to TCU. Tonight's game was probably one of the weirdest games that I'll ever watch. It was, it was a really weird game. Uh, going into the game, it was very similar vibes to the Alabama game. And when I say, when I say that, here's what I mean. TCU is a great team. They're a good team. They'll be in the tournament. Might make the second weekend. They're a good team. But they have a completely different pace than Clemson. Clemson is playing that half-court ball this year, and they're really thriving with it. And just like Alabama game, TCU is quick. They are all about getting shots up early, pushing the ball, pushing the ball, getting that fast tempo going. They're really they're big on that. They actually they're the second fastest team in all of NCAA Division One basketball. So they're quick, they're fast, they're known for that. Just like Alabama was, and so early on, you knew it was going to be a pace battle. You knew Clemson was going to try to have to pay, play half-court uh, ball, while TCU was going to try to push it and play that fast tempo. And honestly, TCU won that early on. Early on, in the first 10 minutes of the game, Clemson had more turnovers than they had made field goals. Think about that. In the first 10 minutes, we turned the ball over more times than we made a basket. It, that, crazy, right? I mean, just crazy. But uh, overall, it was still a close game after that. That's what's crazy about me. is What we talked about in the South Carolina game, 
it was ugly. We had like nine turnovers in the first 10 minutes, eight turnovers. In the middle of that, though, with 10 minutes in, with eight turnovers, less than eight made baskets, we were still only down a couple points. I don't understand, and it's crazy to see how our team can be bad, quote-unquote bad, for a part of the game, and our defense is good where we don't allow that bad, quote-unquote bad, offensive performance for part of the game to affect us and get us in too big of a hole where we can't come back from. So that was really cool to see. Uh, it was still a close game. Part of the reason it was in that first 10 minutes was when Clemson was getting shots up, they were shooting almost 50% from the field. TCU, not so good. They were like 30%. But then the last part of the second half was a little bit different. Turnover slowed down. Pace slowed down a little bit. But it still stayed close. Uh, TCU had 11 offensive boards in the first half. And here's a wild thing. It combined 20, fi- 20 fouls in the first half of this game. 20 fouls in one half. TCU did have 10 more fou- attempts at the line, uh, but the breakdown of fouls called wasn't that bad. It was 11-9. and nine. But weird first half where turning the ball over, we ended up turning the ball over 10 times in the first half. 10 times. And we still were only down a, a little bit. We weren't down huge. So uh, it, it was interesting to see. Second half came, and let me tell you, second half was a completely different ball game. I mean, night and day difference. Clemson, uh, Clemson completely changed it and hit high gear by putting it in park. <laughs> I say that because we started executing our ball. We started executing what we know to do. We started going back to that half-court game, slowing down the pace, and not only we start slowing it down, but we started defensively playing because we would make our shots and we'd play that half-court ball. It didn't allow TCU to get out and run. Our turnovers stopped happening. We slowed those down. Uh, it, it, we only had three in the second half. Uh, I think uh, TCU had seven in the second half. Uh, but, yeah, we ended up playing our ball. Went on a 16-3 to run in, like, the first five minutes of the second half. And because of that, took a commanding 15-point lead. TCU would try to get back in it. They went on a couple 8-0 runs. Uh, when they never got closer to six or seven, though. So we ended up winning the game pretty big. 74 to 66, one by eight points. Should have been more than that, but we had a couple dumb fouls in the last garbage time. But it was a good game. Uh, the final stats for the game were pretty what you expect from that second half, not so much from the first half. But final stats were Clemson shot 24 for 58, 41%. TCU went 19-59 for 32%. Three-pointers, TCU made three on 18% from the three-point line. 18%. They did not shoot the ball well. Helped out Clemson. If they shot that ball better, completely different game. But on obviously, with that saying, though, Clemson didn't shoot the ball much better. We made seven and shot 25% from the field. 25% from three-point. That's not Clemson ball. We've been, we're have been we shooting like 41% on the year from three. So not a good game from either teams from three. Foul shots. Uh, there was a lot of foul shots. The game ended up having a combined of 44 fouls called. The refs were really trying to break in their new whistles, but 44 fouls called in this game. Both teams had 10-plus. Both teams went in the bonus plus. Or just kidding, Clemson didn't go in the bonus plus first half, but they did second half. TCU ended up with 20 fouls, Clemson 24, so pretty even across the board. But free throw percentage, they both shot high 70s. TCU went 25-33. Clemson didn't even have 25 attempts. They went 19 for 24. So TCU definitely got some more shots, nine more attempts off, made six more. uh, But it was a good game. The rebounds, a tight battle in the first – or the first half, TCU definitely out-rebounded us big. I mean, they had more offensive rebounds than they had defensive rebounds, 11 to 10. That's a wild stat. They had more offensive rebounds in the first half than they had defensive rebounds. But Clemson – Gosh, our offensive, we, or our rebounds came alive in that second half. We ended up out rebounding up to 43 to 35 or 38. Offensive rebounds were close, 15 to 13. TCU won. 
Uh, and then, yeah, it was a good game. Our assists, Clemson continued to thrive in assists. I've noticed when we have assists, we play a lot better. And I know that's common sense. Every coach just went, duh. But assists are a big part of Clemson's team. And when we have less than 15, it's a struggle. We don't win the games comfortably. If we're more than that 15 mark, you're seeing a lot a lot more comfortability. So we had 18 assists on the night. We only had five steals, but we did have five blocks, a bunch of them coming from PJ. And then total turnovers, Clemson ended up only having 13 turnovers, which is really good considering we had 10 in the first half. TCU had nine. Um, it was a great game. It was honestly, there's not much you can say. We kind of walked through that. It was some couple players really helped us out in this one. There were some players that really shined and others that really didn't, but some players that really shined number one Joe Girard had a game I mean Joe Girard went off he ended up with 21 points shot five for 13 three from eight from the three but those those three threes that he hit were big one of them was an and one went eight for nine from the free throw line he also paired it with five rebounds and four assists uh, only had one turnover on night he also got a block in there so it was, Joe Girard had an absolute great game what's wild though and so he started off hot. In our first 10 points, he was involved in all 10 of them. He scored seven and then had an assist on the one that he didn't score. But our first 10 points, he was involved. After that, he didn't score again until almost the second half, and then he went off in the second half. So it's crazy to see him. He's, his experience is really showing. He knows he doesn't have to force it. He He's in a system now where at Syracuse, he had to, we've talked about this in the past, but at Syracuse, he really had to force stuff. He really had to be the guy that scored. It's nice seeing him at Clemson being able to rely on his other players players and be able to let the game come to him so joe gerard great game definitely tiger wire to wire athlete of the game uh did great pj all also had a good game and that's not surprising anyone uh he's up there for acc player of the year i think it's going to come down to him and filipowski from duke i think clemson should or i think pj hall should win it but we get a long time before that comes but pj hall had a great game 17 points uh, had six rebounds, f- two assists, three blocks. He had three turnovers, but it was all right. But overall, P.J. Hall had a good game. The p- problem with P.J. Hall this game is he had some fouls called on him. He had four fouls with like eight minutes left to go in the game. Um, two of those fouls were terrible. I mean, the one that got – when he picked up his fourth, he literally was guarding, hands straight up, running beside, didn't touch him. The offensive player threw an elbow, bloodied P.J. Hall's lip, and they called the foul on P.J. Hall. And they went and reviewed it for a flagrant and still called the foul on P.J. Hall. I don't understand. Like I said, some rough, rough referee, and it definitely wasn't a great game for him. They just like to blow that whistle, 44 fouls. But P.J. Hall had a great game. Um, honestly, Ian Shefflin – what a man. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but Ian Shefflin, what a day. Shot 75%, 14 points, had nine rebounds. Out of those nine, seven were on the offensive board. Also had five assists, a steal, and a block with zero turnovers. What a day. Ian Shefflin, go off, man. He had a great game. Good to see that. Uh, some other players that were good, uh, you ha- also had Chauncey Wiggins had seven points. He had a quiet first half because he picked up two fouls really early. But the second half, he had seven points. Really good. Um, Chase Hunter had a quiet performance. Zero points on zero for seven shooting. Uh, yeah, but it was all right. It, it wasn't terrible. Um, TCU's leading scorers were Miller had 16 points. PV had 12. And those a lot of those points came early for PV. And then Nelson had 10. They did have some good rebounders. I mean, you had O'Day had 10 boards, six of which was offensive. But overall, it was a great game, a great team win. Going 4-0 against Quad 1 is huge right now. Last season, we didn't get into the March Madness because our quad victories, which, again, terrible system, but our quad victories were a little not the best, especially those records against lower-ranked and higher-ranked. It wasn't good. Uh, but starting off the year, 9-0 and overall and 4-0 and against Quad 1, 
not much more you can ask for. So great start to the season. Really happy with our performances against South Carolina and TCU. And so with all that being said, we want to talk about a couple things on this episode before we end it. Uh, first, we want to really highlight Chase Hunter for a second. Let's just let's look back at Chase's Hunter's uh, previous couple games. These past three games have been rough for him. So against TCU tonight, he went 0 for 7, 0 for 4 from the 3, had 0 points, 2 boards, 3 assists, and had 4 turnovers. I think 3 of those were in the first 3 minutes. It was rough. South Carolina, he really didn't have a great game either. He had 10 points, which is good, double-digit scoring, but all 10 of those came really late in the game. He turned it on late. Our first half, part of the reason we were down so big is because Chase was having a rough game. And then Pittsburgh, three games ago, he went four points, went 11% shooting from the field, two turnovers. He's in a rough stretch. These past three games, like it's to the point where it's noticeable. I remember being at that South Carolina game. I wrote on my notes while I was taking it, and I was like, Chase Hunter breaks the slump. He's he's in a noticeable slump. I thought he broke it. He did not. I mean, tonight, rough. His brother even had a rough game tonight, too, to partner with that. Dylan Hunter went 0 for 4, or 2 for 6, 0 for 4 from the 3, had 6 points. Two of those are free throws. But um, either way, Chase Hunter, he's in a little bit of a slump. He's in an ugly stretch. Here, my point where I'm at right now is this. I don't think it's worth freaking out about. It's three games. People go through stretches where it's not the best. But I think it's at the point where we got to make sure Brad's putting some emphasis on him getting back into it. Because before those three games, he was doing great. He was averaging like 14 points a game. I think like four rebounds, four assists, like one turnover a game. He was he was doing really good before these three games. So I don't know what happened, but something before that pit game really threw him off, really changed it up, and hopefully he gets us all to sort it out because I think the reason we need to put emphasis on making sure he gets back to his form now is because we have three more games against non-conference, and then we kick off the new year against a hard ACC. I think ACC uh, had a little bit of a lower year last year, a little bit down, but this year they are back. And when we get into that AC play, ACC play, we are going to need Chase Hunter at the top of his game against those great guards that play in the ACC, like over at Duke, where you got Proctor and Jeremy Roach, and UNC has some good guards. When we get into those tough games, those tough ACC schedule against really good guards, we're going to need Chase Hunter to be there defensively, but as well as offense. So when PJ Hall has a game where he's not in, or Joe Girard doesn't have a game where he's hitting. We have Chase Hunter to lean on. In this past three games, we haven't had that. So, again, not enough to freak out right now, but it's enough to notice and see what goes forward. Hopefully our Nets game uh, next Saturday, he continues to change that. So, Chase Hunter, we got to watch out for that. Another one is Chauncey Wiggins. Chauncey Wiggins, if you've listened to the show, you've heard the name Chauncey Wiggins and Jack Clark. That is a big battle. Earlier on the season, you weren't sure who's going to end up with a starting lineup. Wiggins started the first couple games. Jack Clark started the middle couple. And then the past three, Chauncey Wiggins has started because Jack Clark isn't playing at all with an injury. You had that controversy and that uh, competition between those two of who's going to be the main small forward, who's going to be that main forward role, that three spot. And it looked like Jack Clark was going to take it, and then he got hurt. But since he's been out, Chauncey Wiggins has had pretty good performances. He was our leading scorer against South Carolina with 15 points. He only had seven against TCU, but he still looked good. Like He he looked good against TCU tonight. He had two foul troubles earlier, like we said, but uh, second half he came back in, had a great seven points. I think Chauncey Wiggins has some room to grow. Um, You hear Brad yelling him out a lot. Tonight, TCU, I don't think there was a lot of people in Toronto for that game, Uh, but you heard Brad yelling at him with defense and a couple off-ball movements on offense not moving or moving the wrong place. But honestly, I think Chauncey Wiggins, we predicted him early on that in two years he'll be ACC player of the year. 
I still stick with that. I think he's got a lot of pro, uh, potential. I think if he keeps getting these minutes, we'll continue to see him do great things and continue growing. So I'm really excited about what Chauncey Wiggins is showing us. Nets, gosh, Ian Shefflin. We've already talked about him, but he is huge for us. He's a monster. I mean, a complete monster for us. He's had a couple game stretches where it's like, goodness. On the year, he's averaging eight points, almost 10 rebounds, and assists, and he's shooting 52% from the line. He, or from field, from the field. He's shooting 52% overall. He's had great games. Um, you look back at his past games, uh, he's, he's had nine rebounds. Tonight was his lowest in the past five games. But he had nine rebounds tonight, but it was still big. Had 12 against South Carolina, 17 against Pittsburgh, 14 against Alabama, 10 against Alcorn. Ian Shefflin has been huge for us. If you ask me at the beginning of the season, who are the players that stood out the most that we're going to be looking for? You heard me talk about that. And I said it was Joe Girard, it was P.J. Hall, it was Chase Hunter. Those are the three. I was like, we got to make sure they're hitting. But honestly, I'm going to put Chase Hunter definitely dropped down because he hasn't been playing well like we talked about. And Ian Shefflin has been carrying us. I'm going to say Ian Shefflin is more important to this year's team than Chase Hunter just because of his presence in the paint. He is a monster. And he also has some finesse. He's like in the paint hitting some little turnaround jumpers or turnaround hook shots. He, he, he could be a sneaky second team all ACC if he keeps us up. What's crazy is he attended like Dabo Sweeney's football camp in high school trying to be a center. He wanted He was a center for football. And then some way senior year, he turned it into basketball, started focusing on it. And now he's with Clemson on a full ride. And gosh, we are not 9-0 right now without Ian Shefflin so just keep your eyes on him I think he's in for a career year and he's just a junior next year when PJ Hall's gone to the NBA we're gonna have Ian Shefflin as our starting forward maybe move that center spot really excited about that the last player we really want to highlight for this episode is Josh Beadle man he is a spark for us I have honestly this is my honest opinion I think Josh Beadle is possibly the most underrated player on our team. I think, yes, Joe Girard, Chase Wiggins don't get enough credit as our backcourt. Ian Shefflin gets overlooked a lot, but I think he's starting to get uh, that that attention. I think Ian Shefflin's starting to get more attention, but Josh Beadle is... He, he, gosh, he is huge for us. And I say that, you look at his stats, you're like, what are you talking about? I mean, here's his fi- five... The past five games, he scored two, six, two, two, five. So you're like, how is... What are you talking about? I think he's averaging like eight minutes a game this year. But I say it because of this. Whenever we're in a spot where we need to spark, whenever we're in a spot in a game where it's like it's slowing down, we need someone to come in and change us up. Brad puts in Josh. He comes in and he's a spark for us. He gets excited and he makes sure that something's going to happen when the ball touches his hands. And I said this to a friend of mine, and I think it describes it perfectly. I think Josh Beadle plays like a freshman, the good and the bad side. And here's what I mean when I say that. I think he plays like a freshman in the way he's confident. He uh, he plays, quote-unquote, wild. When he gets the ball, he's going to try to find – he wants to score. He wants to drive. He'll pick some good passes. He's consistent. He doesn't take a lot of shots. Um, not too, He doesn't take too many shots. But he still he, – he wants to score. He wants to get in the lane. He wants to get a layup. He wants to get a contested layup. He He's going to score. He's going to be aggressive like a freshman. It's also bad to the point where there's a couple guys who makes really dumb moves a couple times where he'll go and throw a ball away or take a completely not needed shot. Uh, but overall, I think Josh Beadle is huge for us, and I think Clemson's success is going to need – all of our players, the eight, nine players that are playing every game, we're going to need all of them. And Josh Beadle's up there for his importance on this team. 
But overall, those are our player highlights. Our biggest takeaway so far for Clemson basketball is this. There's two big takeaways that nine games through the season, ten if you count that exhibition game, there's two, there's two things that I think we can really take away. Number one is Clemson has some experience. Clemson's experience really shows in these past nine games. There's been multiple games where we're down big, Davidson, South Carolina, and Clemson has the poise to remain calm, keep stay in the game, and come back. I mean, our experience, we got an older team. Eight of our 15 rostered players won't play for us next year because they're not eligible. They're either seniors or the graduate transfers. Eight of 15. That means we're not going to have half of our team for next year. We'll get to that when we get there. But, oh, this is a very experienced team, and their poise, their play style shows that. You look at teams that win the national championship. You look at teams that win the NCAA tournament and go far. You got a couple that have those uh, freshman standouts, those star young players that are good. Yes, you got some teams like that. But the teams that win it are teams like Virginia, where you got the experience. There are teams like Purdue, where you got those experience. You, the teams that go far and that are constantly up there are the teams that have a lot of experience on their team, and they have older guys that know what it's like to be there. So honestly, I think our experience and our age hurts us in the long term, but I think this year is a huge plus for us. The second thing is I think we got to talk about Clemson's pace of play. We are a half-court team, but that's not where we started. I remember after that first game, someone asked a question about Brad about transition and about pushing the court, and he responded, pushing the ball and getting out and running and pushing the tempo is going to be a priority for this year's team. That was after the first game. But then you look back over the six or seven games we've seen in the past, Clemson is shining when the pace is slow. When we can slow it down and take 10, 20 seconds off the shot clock, sometimes the whole 30 seconds off the shot clock, and then get a good shot up, that's when we win. That's what won the night. That's what won against South Carolina. That's what won against Alabama. Slowing the tempo down has been huge. I mean, we've held two of the fastest tempo teams, Alabama and the second fastest in TCU, to low scoring points, right? We held them both under that under their, what they're usually scoring. Alabama, I think we held less than 70. TCU had 66. So, it's exciting to be able to see that Clemson is kind of finding their identity. We talked about a couple episodes where Clemson, we think, are struggling to find their identity, and it's really exciting to see them kind of come into their shoes, find who they are, find their identity, find their confidence in that slow half-court style, slowing down the game, causing other people to slow it down, and allowing them to make mistakes while we thrive in that pace. So that's really excited to be able to see us control the tempo, and that's going to be huge for us. As we see this team go and get an ACC play, get the tournament play, hopefully, we're going to need to see us be able to control the tempo. And so far, we've proved that we have. And so Clemson is 9-0 for the first time since 2008. And honestly, we are so excited to see how this season continues to go. Our next game is this coming Saturday. We don't play for a week, but we play at Memphis. That's going to be a great game. And then we have Queens and Radford to finish up 2023. And then we kick off the new year against a great Miami team. Excited about ACC play kicking off then. Uh, But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Overall, we hope you're excited about Clemson basketball because we are. We definitely are in a good spot and a great spot. Our best start in like 15 years but thank you so much for joining in we really appreciate you listening and joining us with us on this episode and this show again join us on twitter over at the tiger wire on twitter or x leave us a five-star rating or a written rating that would help us a lot also if you have any friends that are tiger friends share the show with them let's grow our community grow this tiger wire community as much as we can but we hope you do well we can't wait to see you in the next episode until then make sure you keep that tiger pride alive and roaring and as always go tigers